0: Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure. I put my hope in your holy word. We pray that our brothers and sisters and others in uh, Ukraine and in other places around the world that are in danger, that that they will feel those same things. Uh, This morning, I want to ask you a question. Do you have a BFF? Do you know what a BFF is, might be the first question. I think most all of us know what a BFF is. What is it? It's a best friend forever. The kids know, that's right, (laughs) and they got them. Uh, It's a best friend forever. It's a best friend forever. So do you have a BFF? Many of them do. In fact, they're sitting together right here on the front row. And I I hope and pray that someday when you guys are up here leading a shepherd's prayer, and you will, that you get to tell the story of the Bible class teachers that you have right now, like Brother Ken talked about, poor, wonderful, incredible Sue Starnes had to deal with, with her. I'm not saying they're going through the same thing. Not not saying that, but I'm not, not saying that. Um, but I hope and pray that they will have that BFF and that it will be forever and that they will lead the church. I believe that these youth are the church of today. They're not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. They're the leaders of the church of tomorrow. That's true. They're part of the church of today. And what a blessing it is to... Um, uh, to see and hear the babies again and what a blessing it is to have a a, a nice crowd again uh, today. And the babies are increasing in number. We've had a few recently. Uh, We have one that's probably going to be coming uh, very, very soon. Spencer, who led our communion time, will be an uncle uh, very soon. And uh, we're prayerful for Savannah and John as that uh, baby could come. He can come any time And Savannah, I hope I'm not jinxing it by mentioning that. Um, But we're excited for John and Terry and for all of their family. Um, And so maybe you have a BFF, maybe you don't. Maybe you can think of someone uh, specifically. And the next question is related Are you someone's BFF? If I were to ask that question of some here, would your name be given? Would somebody say, yes, that person is my BFF, and would that person be you? Our church over the last several years has been blessed to have Sherry Massey and her daughter Sammy with us, and today is Sherry's last day. Sammy and Patrick were married since they had been here and now live in Texarkana, and Sherry will be moving there uh, after this Sunday. But I can tell you, I can tell you that Sherry has found a BFF group for sure. And I know they're all going to miss being able to see each other uh, every week and more. Uh, But our love and prayers go with her, of course. Do you have a BFF and are you someone's BFF? And I want to say this, there are two problems with many so-called BFFs. Some who claim that may not quite be living up to it. And there are probably lots of things I could say as to why, but here are a couple of problems. Number one, they never say no. They never say no. You see, a BFF will say no. They will tell you no. They will call you out. And secondly, uh, for some, the problem with them being a BFF is that they're, it's the F part at the end. <laughs> they aren't always forever Maybe they're fair weather friends, maybe they're more than that, maybe they just get tired, maybe they just get discouraged, whatever it is. They're best friends for a while. What would that be, BFF, BFFA, I don't know. They're not BFFs because they're not forever. Well, how does the present Jesus compare with the imposter BFF Jesus? Uh, We're talking about imposter Jesuses in this series and talking about the real Jesus in contrast. And so for just a moment, I want us to think about people who see Jesus, the Son of God, the Almighty Creator, the Holy Lord, as we sing, as nothing more than a BFF, that's sometimes there and sometimes maybe not so much that always loves what I'm doing, even when what I'm doing is the wrong thing. How does the present Jesus compare with the imposter BFF Jesus is? A few things about that this morning. First of all, the present Jesus is willing to call us out on stuff. I don't know how our culture got into this place where Jesus is this almost uh, uh, inactive Uh, unmistakably weak character that simply loves you and wants the best for you. And by the best, what they mean is what you want. (laughs) And nothing could be further from the truth. A casual reading of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John reminds us that's not the Jesus that's talked about there. The Jesus that's talked about there is a strong man who is willing to serve anybody and everybody, who is willing to accept anybody. Randy Lowry, the president of Lipscomb University, has a wonderful chart that I've shared with you many times. It's a conflict mediation chart, and it contrasts issue and relationship. Because when there's somebody that needs to be called out, this is the question. Is this issue worthy enough to put the relationship at risk? And if the answer is no, this issue really doesn't matter, then you let it go. But if the answer is yes, then you do what is appropriate and what you need to do to help them use that relationship and connection that you have to help them see how important this issue is and how they need to apply it to their own lives, whatever that might be. And depending on whether or not they really are a BFF, <laughs> they may end the relationship. Jesus experienced that with some who refused to be called out even though they were in the wrong. Well, there are several times in Scripture that Jesus actually does that. And I'm going to list a few. Of course, you're familiar with the, um, with the Jewish Leaders, he called them out, and uh, they were constantly trying to kill him, and ultimately succeeded. But a few of his disciples, first of all, uh, today, before we get into the next couple of points, and that is James and John. First of all, remember their uh, John wrote so much about love, but when and James was the first apostle killed for the faith in Acts twelve, but. While they were with Jesus, it wasn't quite at that level yet. And so when some of the Samaritans uh, refused to accept Jesus, they said, hey, how about if we bring down fire upon them? Wouldn't that be cool? (laughs) And Jesus says, no, no. And perhaps that's part of the reason why they were called the sons of thunder. But Jesus confronted them over that attitude. And he could do that without justifying the way the Samaritans acted. I think we have trouble with that one another example of course is Martha in Luke 10 and Martha and Mary you know this story that they had Jesus over and Martha was busy with uh, making sure that the dinner worked out well and Mary was in there at the feet of Jesus listening and because their personalities were different (laughs) Martha felt compelled to tell Jesus tell my sister to get in here and help And, of course, Jesus confronted Martha about that. I think that he would have confronted Mary if she had gone to Jesus and said, tell my sister to get out here and listen. Martha and Mary and Lazarus were three of the closest friends that Jesus had. And yet he could, Martha, Martha, in Luke 10. Peter is another one in Matthew 16. When Jesus said, I'm going to be killed, Peter said, no, 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 it should never be. And Jesus calls, not only calls him out, he calls him Satan. (laughs) I think when Jesus calls you Satan, you're probably not on the right side of the page. Peter wasn't. Get behind me, Satan. This is why I came, Jesus said. I know it doesn't make sense to you from a worldly perspective, but I will give my life. And then finally, the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12. Remember that thorn in the flesh, whatever it was. He prayed and prayed and prayed for God to take it away. And Jesus said, no. He told him no. But He said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you something to go along with it that's even better than healing my grace. And that's when Paul said, well, I'll take it. Because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Secondly, the present Jesus will not desert us, no matter what. He is a best friend forever. A few passages from Hebrews that remind us of that. In Hebrews chapter 4, beginning in verse 14, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Beginning at verse 14, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like them, fully human in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. And then in chapter 13, the writer of Hebrews reminds us that Jesus has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. That he is the same yesterday and today and forever We see that present Jesus will not desert us, no matter what. As Spencer shared, he was willing to go to the cross for us. He was willing to give everything for us. And he will never leave us. And he fully, completely understands what we're going through. Not just because of his supernatural knowledge, but because he lived it. He lived it. Thirdly, today, the present Jesus calls us to be present for each other, for his church. These familiar passages still in the book of Hebrews, first of all, in Hebrews chapter 10, beginning at verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And then back to chapter 3. It's not just on Sunday. And I think that chapter 10 passage is directly about what we're doing right now. Calling us to be here. Calling us to be present. But in chapter 3 he talks about it on an everyday basis. Chapter 3 verse 12. See to it brothers and sisters that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. How can you do that? Verse 13, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold on to our original conviction firmly to the very end. And that's why we come to church If it was just to do this, we could do this at home. We wouldn't have distractions. We could only sing the songs that we like. We could only study the Bible passages that we like. We could end it when we wanted. (laughs) Perfect, right? Sure, if you're the only one. But God gave us the church because we can't be faithful if we're the only one. We need each other. And he didn't call us to meet together as a, an assembly of people, a community of believers, simply because he was worried that we might get into trouble outside of this place on Sunday mornings. <laughs> he did it because he knew we needed it. And so Hebrews 10 tells us, don't give that up. Don't neglect it. Don't desert it. Because in doing so, you're deserting your brothers and sisters in Christ. And they can't afford, we can't afford for you to do that, and you can't afford to do that. We have many that are here today that I haven't seen in a while, and what a blessing that is. That seems to be happening most every week, doesn't it? What a blessing. What a blessing. God has guided us through this time, and now it's time for us to be together. I realize there are others who are not going to be ready for that yet because of health reasons and other concerns, and I get that, but that's not everybody. And if you're watching online, thank you for doing that. And if you need to be here, we're going to do this same thing one week from today. Would love to have you be here because you're encouraged and we're encouraged. And that's why we do this. It's not just about worshiping the Lord. We could do that anywhere, but it's about worshiping the Lord together because we need it. We need that encouragement. Never will I leave you. But now Jesus calls us to never leave each other. And so as our dear sister, Aline continues to suffer and Tom continues in his concern for her, we are with them and we pray for them and we encourage them. Aline still has a feeding tube and a trach tube and and we don't know how long that's gonna be. and we are going to be talking in the next few days about moving her to a, a, some kind of assisted living center that can help her with rehab while she has those things. Because not every place will, as you know. Our dear sister, Sherry Osborne, will have a procedure on Tuesday. Our new sister, Kelly Brown, will have a procedure on Tuesday to replace the battery in her pacemaker. And we want them to know that they don't face those things alone. We're with them. We're with them. Davy's sister will have a long-awaited surgery on Tuesday as well. The present Jesus calls us to be present for each other, to be present for his church. This is our own involvement and presence with each other. And so my question is, have you lost touch and involvement with your church family? Are you a bit out of touch? Are you a bit out of involvement? Uh, Our shepherd, Ken, led us earlier and talked about the need for some of us to step up and teach those classes. And I can't help but think, Amen, wherever you are, that uh, as your father-in-law was talking about, you know, people that you have trouble with, maybe he was on your list. I don't know. After, After what he said, he may be there now. I'm not sure. Um, I know they have a very close and tight love and respect and relationship with each other. What a blessing. But people need to step up. You need to be involved and you need to be connected and you need to be present. And we have so many ministry opportunities to do that that it's such a great, great blessing. But I can tell you this, after the last two plus years now (laughs) that we've been through, I believe with all of my heart this, that it's time to reconnect, it's time to recommit, and it's time to rejoin. It is time. And if you're not here, and you know that you could be here, then be here. Commit, recommit to being here. Recommit to rejoining, recommit to reconnecting. Recommit to being a blessing to others and receiving the blessing that being with others can do for you. It is time to reconnect, to recommit, and to rejoin because Jesus requires that. He commands that. He tells us not to forsake doing that and being that for each other. Well, a few things as we close today. Some BFFs are not quite forever, as I said, but Jesus is. Jesus is that ultimate best friend forever because he is forever. He will not leave us nor forsake us. So two questions. First of all, how are you and Jesus doing? How are you and Jesus doing? Is he your best friend? Is he your Lord and Savior? Is he your master? Is he the one who, when he calls you out, you listen and you act? Or is he someone that's just kind of there and really doesn't demand anything of you? Because that's not the Jesus in the Bible. And that's not the Jesus who not only gave his life for us, but he called on us to deny ourselves and take up our crosses as well. And as Spencer said, be that sacrifice for others, the way Jesus has been for us. How are you and Jesus doing? And then secondly today, how present are you? How present are you? How present are you in the lives of your church family? How present are you in the lives of the people that really need you to be there for them? How present are you? The song we're about to sing is this statement, this promise, where he leads, I'll follow. Well, here's where he leads. He leads you to be in close relationship with him, and he leads you to be present for your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's where he's leading, that's where we need to follow. And if we can help you do that this morning, come as we stand and sing this great hymn.